Today, here on Cincy Business Talk with Mike Roth, Cincinnati's most experienced Sandler trainer. We'll be talking to business leaders about how they have grown their businesses and people. We discuss new strategies, tactics, and philosophies which lead to positive growth in our marketplace. Our program is sponsored by Sandler Training by Roth & Associates. Each week, we'll talk with our best Cincinnati area top executives about their tools and insights. Our regular listeners will be given the edge that will help them win in a competitive environment which we live. Simple solutions to complex problems which challenge all of us are rarely correct. We will address complex problems or opportunities with appropriate solutions. If you have questions or comments, contact Mike at MikeRoth at RothConsulting.net or call Mike at 513-753-9400. Now your host, Cincinnati's most experienced Sandler trainer, Mike Roth. Thanks, Scott. This is Mike Roth. I'm here today with Patrick Clements from Pinnacle Solutions Group. Correct. Thanks for joining us today, Patrick. Before we get started, let me remind everyone about what's happening here next week. Next Thursday, we're going to have Sean Fox from Schooley Mitchell Telecom Consultants. They're a telecom consulting company that reduces people's cost, and they take their fee as a percentage of the savings. An interesting process. Next Thursday, next Friday, we're going to have Richard Puzo from Sky Eye Weather. And then next Friday, a week from today, we're going to have Wendell Bell, who is the CEO of Enerfab. They're a manufacturer of steel vessels for brewing things like beer, and as well as they have a division that repairs electrical power plants. Then we're going to have Tim Sharp from Construction Process Solutions, an engineering company. Then Marty Grogan, a long-term President's Club member from Optavia Logistics, and we've got a whole lot of other people coming in later. So let's talk a little bit about Patrick. You grew up uh, in Cincinnati. That is correct. And you're the youngest of 10 children. As amazing as that seems nowadays, that is the way it worked back then, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Sam would say he's not even sure if he's totally trained yet. <laughs> correct. How many years between you and the next older child? Uh, one year and 15 days. Okay, so you really are that youngest child in the family. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, ten kids all were uh, within 12 years and no twins. Wow, okay. So Big families then. Yes. You attended the University of Cincinnati where you received both an MS and an MS degree in engineering. And the, the two engineering subjects that you took were? Well, the bachelor's degree was uh, in civil and environmental engineering. Mm-hmm. And, and then the, the master's was in electrical and computer engineering. It's a bit of a jump. Bit of a jump. I was an electrical engineer for a couple of years, okay. and it was a much better place that none of the radios I designed ever made it into production. <laughs> <laughs> Went to the business college and did very, extremely well. Uh, he spent a few years in Ann Arbor, uh, most of his life here in Cincinnati. He founded a IT consulting company with the name Pinnacle Solutions Group in July of 2004. After 10 years of experience in the IT consulting industry, and 17 years in IT. The goal for Pinnacle Solutions is to distinguish yourself by providing seasoned and exceptional technical professionals with business acumen to align our customers' business needs with superior technical solutions, as well as providing honesty, integrity, and service necessary for a long-term client relationship. Uh, That's interesting you chose those words. When When I talk to a potential client about Engaging us, I said we we have four four rules. You know, got to be totally honest with you. You got to be totally honest with me. Right. Second is integrity. That means our our conversations are totally private unless you tell me otherwise. Three is we believe in commitment. That commitment means doing what you said you were going to do, even after the spirit in which you said it is gone. And four, we judge people and companies not by the commitments they make, but the ones they keep. And believe it or not, on that one, I lose more than a few clients. <laughs> Because that's an important part of business. I I chose those words very carefully. Um, they don't always flow that well, but I did choose them very carefully because that's really what I I wanted to uh, wanted us to be known for. Frankly, that's good. Good. Uh, your specialties are a providing IT consulting services, primarily here in the Cincinnati, Northern Kentucky, and, and Dayton regions. Correct. Primarily business focus is business intelligence, data warehousing. Uh, I don't hear too much about data warehousing anymore. Are people still doing that? Calling it that? Maybe they're calling it the cloud today? It's it's huge, actually. Yeah, it's huge. Business intelligence and data warehousing is the process of of gathering data from all of your disparate lines of business and putting them together so that you can 
let's say if you're a, a large, you know, enterprise-wide size company and you've got many different lines of business, you can take all of the different data from each of those lines of business and try to get a better apples-to-apples comparison to see how profitable each one of those lines is or how not profitable each one of those lines is. So it's it's very, very important. You take a company as big as, say, Fifth Third, uh, Fifth Third Bank, and, and they have so many different lines of business that it's, it's it, you know, look at back when, uh, you know, basically Kevin Cabot took over. They had bought banks in Michigan and Georgia and Florida, and they had so many banks all over with so many different lines of business, it was very difficult for them to tell exactly what was good and what was bad because they had just accumulated all of it or just purchased all of it. Mm-hmm. And so they needed a lot of data warehousing and business intelligence help to, to gather all this data to just be able to know what are good loans, what are bad loans, what's in trouble, what's what's good, what's bad. And and they were right to use technology to do that. They've, they've really come a long way since since that. It was it, you know, it's a tough position to be in, but they, they got through it with a lot of technical help. Was your company part of the technical help? Yes, we were. Yes, we were. Uh, Sandler actually has begun a, a, a data metrics to combine the data of all 300-plus franchises mm-hmm. into uh, one large database so you could compare yourself to figure out what you were doing was correct. There's been a lot of resistance to that, though. Right. You know, it goes beyond that. There's uh, analysis and, and analytical engines that you can run that will take all of your data and, and, and just look for traits to your data and and then you know uh look for you know uh, things that that break the data models as well that where where you you know you can say hey there's something missing right here what what happened mm-hmm. and um so it's the analysis engines uh, are, are really valuable too to use the data to help and that's really where the 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 phrase business intelligence in in this domain came from it's supposed to tell you a little bit about what's going on in your business at more of the, the macro level because sometimes uh, there's just so much data it's hard to see well, yeah. And I look at my business. I have 23 years worth of data mm-hmm. in Goldmine and SQL. Mm-hmm. And what I call one thing, someone else in, who's using Salesforce might call it something completely different. Right. Uh, what I'm, what data that I'm recording, they may not record. And they may record data that I don't record. So right. Data translation becomes a major obstacle. Right. But we're often never never land. You provide services, web services. What web services do your does your firm pr- provide? Well, when when we say web services, we're we're often talking about uh, services that uh, you can wrap around, say, um, uh, business services that are, are already existing, and those services are just a wrapper around uh, a business process. Mm-hmm. So it's a, a method in which to, instead of rewriting business processes. In the technology, you're, you're creating a service that provides that that business process to the outside, you know, whatever the outside users are. In other words, rather than, than rewriting everything all the time into every new system, just change that process to make it a service which uh, is made available to your new systems. Mm-hmm. You work in the area of e-business and SOA. Tell our audience what SOA is. SOA is is, is uh, really just a, a method for I, w- I would say sharing uh, communications and information amongst different systems. It's, it, it officially stands for service oriented architecture, and and what it is is just a, a method of being able to kind of like the preview to the cloud, if you will, mm-hmm. uh, where that you you're hearing about companies offering uh, services on the cloud. Well, that really is a, a service oriented architecture. Mm-hmm. So. Good. And you work in the areas of Microsoft SQL, SharePoint, uh, .NET, Commerce Server, Oracle, Java, WebSphere. That's one I never heard of. Uh, it, it's it's a, a, a just a framework from I believe now owned by IBM actually. Mm-hmm. Business objects and Cognos. Right. Business objects and, and Cognos are both both what I'll call a third party packages to help you build what are called data warehouse cubes and to also report on those cubes. And they also have analytical engines built into them. So the, the, the cubing, an example of cubing would be if you've, let's say you're tracking sales all over the country, well, you might be tracking sales not only of the items but of the sales people, uh, but also of the the different times that those items sell. So you can cube it based on time. You can cube it based on the salesperson. You can cube it based on the region that it was sold in. So you create these cubes to get a look at the data from many different perspectives. Mm-hmm. Good. Patrick has agreed to uh, take questions today. So if you have any questions for Patrick, you can call in on 
595-4916. We'll be screening the calls during the commercial breaks. Patrick, why don't you tell us a little bit more about your company, what it looks like today, and, and how you got here. I was a I was in a consulting role myself as a as a consultant for ten years, and part of that process was was learning all about the consulting business and how it runs. And the company that I was a consultant for, I was also the vice president of, and I was on the board of directors. And so after doing that for ten years, it just became obvious that it was time to uh, for me to to move on and and do something a little bit different. And that something involved uh, starting Pinnacle Solutions Group, and part of that also was. Uh, it included the idea that I wanted to uh, do things just a little differently than they had done them. And, and Pinnacle is is uh, we everyone that's hired at Pinnacle is on path to become part owner in the company. So the idea is that it's a it's a group of very senior level, highly technical people with good communication skills and good levels of uh, of uh, integrity that you are comfortable being business partners with, not just people that can do the job, but people that you're comfortable being business partners with. So everyone that comes on board is slated to become part owner. And so after a period of time, they receive actually a stock grant in the company. Mm-hmm. So is it, is it an ESOP, Employee Stock Ownership Plan? Yeah, it is, a, it is an Employee Stock Ownership Plan. And how many uh, employees do you have now? We have 27. Wow. So we're, we're, as I mentioned earlier, nine years old. And I think right now, 17 are owners. Mm-hmm. Of those 27, That's maybe pretty, 16. 16. That's pretty good. It keeps people around. When you really have good people, mm-hmm. you're, you're, it's not just your competitors that would like to hire them away. It's your customers because your customers, you're, you're going out to clients. Let's say you go into a client and you have very good people and, and they're doing a great job at that client site as, say, an architect of a system. And, and that client realizes, you know what, we'd really rather not let this guy go ever. Right, right. We, so, so let's make him a great offer, and that's what happens is these guys get great offers. So you have to do uh, something to keep them, and, and I actually I, I, I did something to keep them. I made them part owners, and actually, because I'm not a great salesperson, I'm more of an engineer, uh, I use that as, as sort of a sales thing when I go into clients. I tell clients, uh, one of the reasons I can get good people is that I make them part owners, and, and that helps anybody who's who's not a good salesman sell. Yeah, we, we had... Uh, I think it was Phil Burney from uh, BSI Engineering, mm-hmm. and he has the same kind of a deal where every year people who perform can purchase a share in the business. Right, right. I I start with a grant, and then they can purchase after that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but um, I, I do start with a grant, and it's just to give them a, a taste. Mm-hmm. So it tends to keep people around. It, it helps quite a bit. And it, it, it gets them a lot more engaged. It's uh, a lot like the, the philosophies that you've seen in different companies over the years that have decided, you know what, I can have maybe a smaller percentage of the pie, but uh, it's, it's going to be a smaller percentage of a much larger pie because you get a lot of people thinking about it like owners. So instead of having one company head or one company owner of 27 people, we've got effectively 16. And so that if I do or say something stupid, usually one of them will point it out to me and say, you know, don't do that. <laughs> okay, that's not bad. <laughs> so, we're we're going to take a uh, a short commercial break here again. If you want to call in and ask Phil a question, six four six five nine five four nine one six, and we're going to have Jimmy Fox talking about Tip Club, which is a networking group that I sponsor here in Cincinnati. Our next Tip Club meeting is this Thursday, June twentieth, from seven thirty a.m. to nine a.m. Let's listen to what Jimmy has to say. I'm Jimmy Fox of Tip Club. Tip Club is a professional networking organization whose members help each other succeed. We meet once per month and provide a forum where business-to-business professionals are able to connect with more desirable opportunities and build long-term strategic partnerships. I'm inviting Cincinnati Business Talk listeners to come to our free networking event. You'll have the opportunity to meet new people, share leads and referrals, and grow your business through strategic alliances. Membership in our Cincinnati group is open to only one person per specific trade or occupation. Business-to-business professionals only, please. We do not accept multi-level marketing or recruiting-driven memberships. This is our only group in Cincinnati. We'll meet on the third Thursday of the month from 7.30 to 9 a.m. at Sandler Training by Roth & Associates, 
4357 Ferguson Drive, Cincinnati, Ohio. To reserve a seat, please go to www.tipclub.com and click on the Events tab at the top of the page. Then, just scroll down the list until you come to the Cincinnati event. Or you may call 800-798-0270. That's 1-800-798-0270. Thank you, and we look forward to seeing you at our next networking event. This is Mike Roth. I'm back with Patrick Cummings from Pinnacle Solutions Group. Every time I say Pinnacle, I'm thinking of that uh, video editing software. (laughs) (laughs) So if someone wants to get a hold of you after the show with a question or an idea, how do they do that? Uh, well, they can they can I'm available through a number of formats uh, via the telephone. Is uh, are, do you give out telephone numbers here? Sure. Okay, it's five one three six one nine six three two three, and then uh, my website is uh, www.pinns as in Sam or Solutions and G is in Group, so it's a short for Pinnacle Solutions Group. PinSG dot com, uh, and then I can be reached from that also. Good. Uh, have you ever lost an employee, Phil, who had stock? Yes. How does that work? Well, uh, what we, we've fortunately created the entire uh, buy-sell agreement such that when someone leaves, there's a, 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 a legal document in place that they receive when they receive their first grant, or and so they've got it, you know, whether they purchase or receive a grant. But uh, the idea is that um, the existing people in the company uh, have the first right to it. And then the the company has sort of the second right to it, and then uh, and then if the, if none of those people want to buy or a company wants to buy, they can try to they can go as far as selling it to someone outside the company, but the board has to approve the sale. Oh, okay. So uh, if I had one share of stock and I wanted to sell it to Warren Buffett, the the current we owners, would have to approve it. Yes, <laughs> the current owners would get a shot at buying it back from me. Yes. Then the company itself would get a shot at buying it back. Correct. And then. If I wanted to sell it to Warren, the board would have to approve. We would that. have to approve Warren. Yes, okay. <laughs> I, I do. Uh, I do have a, a, a quote that I use on my website, and I'm, I probably should have checked this more carefully. I, I've always uh, I've always given Warren credit for this quote, and that and that is uh, his hiring philosophy. And that is when you hire, you uh, you pick someone that has uh, integrity, intelligence, and energy. Uh, and if they don't if, if they don't have the first one, the second two will get you in a lot of trouble. <laughs> Yeah, we uh, we recommend profiling everyone in business <laughs> development and in our profiling language. Uh, energy translates to the word vitality, uh-huh. and we rate that on a scale of one to ten. I say to all of my clients that if you, if you have a candidate, especially a sales candidate, who scores a zero or a one, uh, that's a failure. Okay. Okay. They may last a month. They may last six months, but that's burnout. Right. No energy. The engine, right. the engine will stop. Right. No fuel in the tank. Reminds me of the way I run a, a lawnmower. <laughs> I don't fill it up again with gas until it stops. <laughs> okay. Uh, why don't you tell tell us a little bit about how you go to market? Uh, we are not a, obviously we're a business business to a business to business company, not a business to consumer. Mm-hmm. Uh, so. We uh, just general advertising uh, is is not going to be very effective. Uh, you, you might, you know, some of your clients might see it, but but really not. So what we really do is uh, uh, we just uh, being aware of many of the different local companies. We uh, contact their IT departments and and go to uh, speak to them about what they have uh, on their on their sort of plate and what's coming down the pike as far as future development. And, and if there are ways that we can help. And it, it, it helps having been in this industry for 10 years before I started the company. Now, you know, a total of 19 years as a consultant, uh, uh, it, it really, uh, I, I just know a lot of these people already. And so that really helps a lot. It's, um, uh, it, it's, it's, not, um, it's not easy, uh, but it, as long as once you get a client, you treat them very well and try to always keep their success in mind, uh, then then they will continue to call you back and mm-hmm. and so i kind of i very much use the philosophy that it's it's a whole lot easier to retain a client than it is to find a new one at least for for a group of people that aren't good at sales so 
how many of your clients have you had for more than three years? Uh, Zoics, probably all of them. Really? Yeah. Um, yeah, at different times. You know, we, we've been, you know, in a client and then the work dried up for a little while and so we were out and then we got back. The over. Right, the product was over and then they called us back up again later. Um, you know, that's that way with Kroger. Uh, we've been into Fifth Third Bank for a long time. They've been a great, great client, very good to us. Uh, we've right now we're not doing any work at uh, Ethicon Endosurgery or at Fidelity, but uh, Fidelity moved most of their IT out of out of the out of the region. Mm-hmm. But they've got a little bit here. But so we we anticipate we'll get back into both Ethicon Endosurgery and Fidelity. Do you do any work for Citicorp? We do not do any work for Citi right now, and, and that's that's a, a company that I've got targeted to try to get into. Mm-hmm. Well, I know some people over there might be able to help you. Good. <laughs> they, know, they know the right names. <laughs> Good. Uh, what do you think your unique marketing advantage is that you bring to the marketplace? We we really do only hire very senior-level people with a, a very uh, unique blend of technical talent and communication skills so that they can not only – and I say communication skills because they are capable of mentoring the uh, the client's younger or, or less experienced resources or personnel, mm-hmm. but they can also talk to, say, the, the CIO about what they're trying to accomplish. So uh, the idea being that um, uh, we can provide these people, and they're, they're not uh, they're not easy people to find. So we're, we're, it takes a while to find them, and uh, then part of that also is from the marketing perspective is that when you go to a client, uh, everyone tells the client this: that, that they've got very senior, very good good people. But the difference is here is that this is where we add in, by the way, we've really done something to get these people and retain them, and that's where we make them part owners. And we, we try to migrate them from thinking like an employee to thinking like an owner by by having their more of their compensation package. As the longer they're with their company, more and more of their compensation is tied to what they do uh, with clients and what they do to help drive the company. And so that they, they can make more and more money, obviously. But So I get the feeling that most of your business is here in the southwestern Ohio region. It is. It is. Cincinnati, northern Kentucky, and Dayton. We do have uh, we do uh, remotely do some work for uh, uh, Capital One. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but uh, that's... Um, the bank or the credit card division? Uh, both, okay. really. It's, it's really the... Is, is the bank's getting started. They're a little bit... The, the bank's a little bit smaller than the credit card division, but they're they're trying to get... Data from I think from the credit card division to the bank stuff is, is at least that's my knowledge of it. Given I'm not on the product, mm-hmm. uh, so I get the feeling that you don't really have salespeople, but you're using your technical people as business developers. We are using technical people as business developers, yes. And and then uh, one guy, uh, one of our one of our uh, consultants, aside from myself, he he takes uh, about twenty percent of his time. And and uh, he helps me with sales. And and we we made that decision when uh, it was clear that I didn't have enough time to continue to do the sales. We uh, we as far as growth, we will reach a point where we, either we have to add more people into that sales, or we have to get a full time salesperson. I, I know that's coming, but right now both of us are are handling it on a percentage basis. So you say you have about one point two salespeople. Yes, <laughs> that's unusual. But that's but, okay. I, but I see I still run the company, so I'm not really. If you look at my percentage, I'm not one hundred percent dedicated to sales. Okay, so you might have to say it's uh, it's it's really about four point four. Point four. <laughs> and that's why we try to retain customers rather than find new ones. <laughs> so. That's always a good idea. It's always a good idea. Uh, in, in the Sandler business, I've been doing this for 22 years, and the, I guess the longest I kept one client was about eight years. Mm-hmm. Uh, then they graduated away, and they said, we, we can do this ourselves. And I said, that's great. Yeah. Uh, do you see any obstacles in, in your growth path? Uh, the obstacles right now are really uh, more centered around just what we just mentioned, sales and and uh, and, and recruiting. The, the, the big thing uh, with us is that um, if you really have good people, often the work will find you. Uh, so sales are not as as, as big of a, a, a hurdle. So then the hurdle becomes really finding good people, and we've done that very well. But sometimes you have sort of periods of time where it's just difficult to find good people for whatever reason. You know, maybe they're happy in their jobs, or, or you know, they just they just don't want to make switches. Uh, but you know, we've had periods of time where we just really struggle to get good people. And you can try using, you know, uh, more modern social media for recruiting people and that kind of stuff. But but then 
that brings a huge effort towards screening through all those respondents. Mm-hmm. And so it's the biggest effort, really, as far as is what you would call uh, either a, a bottleneck or the throttle, which is what it really is, is, is finding good people. So do you have like an HR department? Well, that would be me. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, uh, again, Phil has, uh, Patrick has agreed to take questions. The number is 646 595 4916. Uh, do you have a long-term strategic planning process in place in your company? We we do. Um, uh, it, it involves kind of the, the size of the company and 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 what we do when we get to certain size ranges and and things that that I would like to have structurally in place at the company when we reach those sizes. And then it involves also um, you know branching out to other cities. Mm. Um, so we are thinking in that direction. We are definitely thinking that direction. We're, we're, we're thinking in terms of, of cities that, that, that make the most sense for us as far as the, the, the types and number of businesses there and, and um, um, our, our ability to uh, um, get, you know, maybe one of a couple things in there. Maybe somebody, one of our people that's willing to relocate there or a salesperson that we could, we could hire that would be willing to relocate there that knows and understands our business model and, and, uh, as well as some businesses that we we might have some luck getting started with there. Have you put some targets on the board in terms as, of which cities? As far as cities, um, are they here in the in the in the Midwest region, or you're thinking about California? Or no, you know, right now, actually, for whatever reason, I'm I'm thinking more of uh, Charlotte, North Carolina, and and mm-hmm. that's mostly uh, because um, for for nothing more than I've got a brother that lives there. <laughs> I thought that would be convenient, <laughs> but. Uh, but uh, but but you know, Ultimate Air has got a shuttle from Lincoln to Charlotte, and that would be really convenient. Yeah, uh, four days a week. Right. <laughs> they were on the show a couple of months ago. <laughs> yeah. Uh, great idea. I wish they they were they ran seven day service. Oh, I, I wish they ran CVG. <laughs> <laughs> and you live in Northern Kentucky. <laughs> well, no, I don't live over there, but it, it, would, it would certainly be. Uh, they're just they're just a lot more service oriented and a lot more friendly. As far as I, I know this is just opinion, but it's oh, just, oh you, you meant Ultimate Air? You yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I wish Ultimate Ultimate Air ran CVG. Yeah. yeah, certainly a, a forward thinking, right thinking airline. Right. Uh, we're going to take another uh, short commercial break here, and we'll be back in about two minutes. Imagine you just left your prospect's office, and he now has your proposal, quote, or estimate. What do you suppose he's going to do with that valuable information that you just gave him for free? Call you tomorrow with an order? Get real! He's shopping it around to the competition. Hi, this is Mike Roth, founder of Roth & Associates. I'm the most experienced sales sales trainer in Cincinnati. I'm constantly amazed how salespeople operate. They believe a prospect asking for a proposal means the sale is as good as closed. Face it, trained prospects will turn you into an unpaid consultant. For over 20 years, we've been coaching, training, and challenging professionals who are 100% committed to long-term sales growth and profitability, no matter what it takes. If you're deadly serious about increasing sales, call me at 513-646-6523. Find out how Sandler Training can make you better, faster, and stronger. Or register now for our next open house, 513-646-6523. This is Mike Roth, the most experienced Sandler sales trainer in Cincinnati. This is Mike Roth, Cincinnati's most experienced Sandler trainer. At the first sign of trouble, there are three types of business leader. The first type of leader is like a turtle. He pulls his head and tail in and hides in his shell. Turtles hunker down, just trying to survive. The second type of leader is an opportunist. They're like eagles. Eagles spread their wings and take advantage of the winds. They catch the storm wind and rise to new heights. The third group, between turtles and eagles, are called turkeys. Turkeys are average and anxious. They huddle together and move. They never saw. However, turkeys are easy prey for those who seize the opportunity and soar. If someone in your industry goes out of business, are you going to get the business? The question is, which type of leader are you? Will you seize the opportunities to take market share and grow, or will your fate be like the turkeys? If you're serious about growth, call me to arrange a confidential meeting, 513-646-6523, or check our website at rothconsulting.net. This is Mike Roth. I'm back with Patrick from Pinnacle Solutions Group. Patrick, what do you think are the opportunities and possibilities for an IT consulting company like yours? Because you got you competing kind of in the space that I've always seen some of the bigger players like 
IBM Global mm-hmm. Services or Xerox Global Services or Capgemini. Mm-hmm. Capgemini was a long-term Sandler account. <laughs> yes. Um, the the difference for us is that we are are uh, having very senior level people. We're we're really seasoned uh, architects and and builders of you know data warehouses and and applications that are are, are very customized for our base. Um, a lot of the bigger companies focus on uh, networks and, and 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 things like that. We don't we don't do any network services. We don't do any uh, um, service desk kind of services. Uh, we, we all we do is just the higher level stuff that really requires um, somebody with a lot of experience that you know for for uh, architecting uh, applications and and for building data warehouses and it's and it's really all about um, the customer achieving success. So um, usually our people are pretty well known within the industry, and and so that it's 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 not too difficult for us to get into engagements where there's really something going on. If uh, if we know somebody, if we just know somebody at a client site that knows one of our people, that's usually enough because then they'll they'll realize oh that you know that person is really good, and if they're saying that that they have a company full of those people, then that tends to be what works for getting us in. So it's not really so much about competing with uh, you know the, the bigger companies because bigger companies quite often have um, products, not necessarily solutions, whereas we offer solutions. Right. I remember we worked with uh, IBM Global Services here, and there were like four tiers of consultant. Mm-hmm. You know, the principals uh, were over $500 an hour. Right. And they had a lot of the people down at $150 an hour with fresh college graduates. Right, right. And that's um, that's way too much to pay for a fresh college graduate, frankly. <laughs> so That's what they were charging, I believe. Right, right, right. Um, what do you think your your prospects, large IT company, uh, u- IT users are looking for? What do I think uh, IT What's the future look like in, in the world of IT? Well, um, we are seeing uh, more and more um, uh, business intelligence right now. More and more companies want that. More and more companies are aware of the fact that they've they've got data that they've never done anything with. They've been capturing data, and they've never really done any analysis to see where it goes. Uh, as far as applications, uh, more and more companies are, are seeing that they should be uh, creating uh, mobile applications as, as far as something they can use either from, you know, a phone or a tablet uh, to to reach, even even if they aren't doing something to uh, the, the actually out to the consumer consumer. They can have their salespeople doing something, uh, doing things to make their jobs either either on tablets or on on their phones. Yeah. Uh, so. Yesterday's guest from uh, Battery uh, was talking about their visual collaboration software, mm-hmm. which supported any number of portable devices: Android, uh, iPhone, uh, tablets. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when I asked them if it, su- it supported Windows 8. <laughs> Was big big back office as well. <laughs> Maybe through the browser. <laughs> I'm an old Windows guy here. One of my favorite questions. We have a, a, a rule that simple solutions to complex problems are invariably wrong. Therefore, if you want to solve a complex problem, you need to use a complex solution. Perhaps you could share with a with other leaders listening to the show a complex problem that you guys encountered over the years and the equally complex solution that might be in theory of operation uh, transferable to another business okay or industry okay um i i maybe this won't seem that uh much of a complex problem to to everyone but it was certainly a problem for us and it was it was really um how do uh, a bunch of very technical people uh really uh achieve sales and 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 we had tried and failed actually uh, with a full-time salesperson and and basically what it came down to our our solution to this was maybe we're looking at this in the wrong direction maybe it doesn't take someone who's a seasoned salesperson maybe we need to take the people that we have that are already bought in and already understand what we're trying to accomplish uh, as far as uh not just the technical aspect of the business but as far as uh how we operate with just senior level people and and how we uh, put the customer first, and we always want to make sure that well, we put the customers and the consultants first because we always want to make sure that 
that that our customers are successful. And and the idea is is that we said, well, maybe we can make salesmen out of what we have, not full time, but at least uh, business developers anyway. And so our our solution was just that to, to create the business developers uh, and and um, to push them a little bit to expand their roles into to uh, looking for uh, and taking uh, opportunities where they were existing right in front of us with uh, with our client base. Uh, so that may not sound like all that complex of a problem to everyone, but uh, to a bunch of engineers that aren't really sales based, it was it was, uh, it was big. <laughs> it's, it's interesting. Uh, many years ago, when I first joined Sandler, I watched this happen with a construction company where there were three construction company salespeople that we trained in the first year and the and the owner. And by the fourth year, there were no salespeople, and the project managers were now selling more than the owner plus the three salespeople were. Right, right. And right. it was the project managers, when they got trained, that made 100% of the difference. Right, right. And that that is exactly what we are – that is exactly the, the, the model that we've uh, we've been – Running under it's been it's been very good for us so far. Um, I need to get uh, uh, I, I probably need to uh, get a, a, at least one more of my consultants uh, moved over towards helping with sales right now, so that the, the, the myself and the other gentlemen that are doing it right now aren't quite so so swamped. We'd like to be ahead of the game a little bit instead of behind it, but I don't know as a business owner if you're ever really ahead of the game, but it sure feels like we're we'd like to be ahead of the game. <laughs> are, are you ad- thinking of adding more employees uh, this year? 2013. We are always adding more employees. I have a new guy starting on Monday, mm-hmm. and um, um, we are actively looking for more people currently. Okay. So, and you wait for them to find you, or do you uh, look on uh, social media to find we, them? We we use social media a little, and we use our uh, we. One of the things I do is uh, uh, sort of the. Um, Internal development, if you would call it that, uh, I, I regularly tell our guys, um, think about who you've worked with in your career that you've really enjoyed working with that was very good. And it may have been two or three jobs ago, but think about who you've worked with in your career that you think would be a good fit, that you would enjoy working with again, uh, that, that had the technical savvy and the knowledge to be able to do this job that you think um, would be a good fit for us. And, and that alone has, uh, has, has we've done very well with that. Mm-hmm. Do you pay your employees a, a bonus for coming up with the name of someone who eventually gets hired? Yes, uh, we we have something called a. Uh, it's not. Uh, we have something called the the management compensation plan, and the idea is that because we have a very senior level people, uh, we don't have a lot of man- We don't really have any other management labors uh, layers other than just directly to myself. Now with growth and time that may have to change i realize that but but right now it's just just me and so uh, the idea what i what i tell them is you know in a service oriented company i feel like uh, you should probably be spending about eight percent in in management and so we subtract my salary out of that and the other sales guy's salary out of that out of that eight percent of the the total revenue we say okay here's a big pot of money that's left over mm. and and so we'll do these this we'll use this management compensation plan whenever you uh, help us develop something internally, which makes us more efficient, such as a time and billing system we've developed internally that we can link right to creating invoices. And so I, I don't really have to do too much work. They submit their time and they hit a button. It creates the invoice to go to the customer, that kind of thing, as well as uh, finding, you know, sourcing candidates for us, as, as well as helping us with sales. All those are things in this management compensation plan. We score those in points. We add up everybody's points, take your points, divide them by the total, and then you multiply that number by the pot that's left over, and that's what they get. A real engineering solution. <laughs> Actually, correct, yes. Bill, Bill had an engineering solution <laughs> like that, too, and I was kind of scratching my head saying, man. <laughs> so you must have an accounting department, too, then. That would be me as well. <laughs> that would be you as well. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. Uh, Phil has a, agreed to answer questions, so this is the last chance coming up. The number is 646. Five nine five four nine one six. Okay. I do have uh, accounts for tax purposes, but, but as far as just the internal bookkeeping, I can handle that. So yeah, I, I understand. I uh, kind of believe that in my business, if it's training, coaching, strategizing with clients, I'm going to do that. Everything else, I farm out. 
administration, mm -hmm. accounting, other people. I don't want to handle that invoice. Right, right. Good. Let's, uh, let's well, that, that was really why I, um, I automated all that because when the people submit their time, I just, I click a button. It, it creates the invoice. So there's a, a, a tie in to a, a web services tie in to QuickBooks. And so it, it creates the invoice directly in QuickBooks. And I can click another button and email it with a customized message right to the client. Well, that's better than what we're doing. So, so I can, uh, I can do all monthly invoices in, a, in about an hour and a half. Okay. So you're, you're ahead of the game there. So good. Let's listen to a couple of the commercials. This is a message for professional salespeople. It's an unusual message. I'm going to tell you that our product is expensive and difficult. It takes effort to use, and it's not for everyone. We provide difficult but effective sales training. It's the kind of training familiar to champion athletes. It builds winners in the world of business. We don't promise quick fixes or color brochures, only hard work that will teach you how to sell effectively even when your price is higher. If you're tired of hearing, I want to think it over. If you're finally ready to invest in yourself and your sales career and learn how to close more business faster, call me, Mike Roth, 513-646-6523, and we'll invite you to our next Lunch and Learn Sales Discovery Workshop on February 5th at either 8 a.m. or 1 p.m., 513-646-6523. When you hear about a typical sales training program, does it usually involve a one- or two-day seminar where some alleged guru passes down what he claims are the secrets to making sales? At Roth & Associates, I'm the most experienced Sandler sales trainer in Cincinnati. We recognize that truisms and motivating speeches aren't enough to arm sales teams with the tools they need for success. Sales is a hard business. Typical sales training can only provide typical and disappointing results. At Roth & Associates, we use the Sandler methodology of continual reinforcement and ongoing training seminars along with individual coaching to ensure victory in the world of sales. We've been doing it here in Cincinnati for over 15 years. You won't fail because I won't let you. Roth & Associates, 513-646-6523. 513-646-6523. Two, three, on the web at RothConsulting.net, finding power in reinforcement. This is Mike Roth and Patrick Cummings from Pinnacle Solutions Group. And we're in the last 15 minutes here of the show. Phil, I'd like to ask our, our leaders if they could give other CEOs a leadership tip. Uh, Patrick, uh, a, a leadership tip. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, I'm a big fan of the concept of servant leadership, and that is that is you are constantly looking for ways to make the people that are working for you better and to make them, uh, as they continue to improve, you're, you're looking at making them uh, good enough to take over your job. Uh, and, and so I'm, I'm, I see our, my company is, is definitely in the services industry, and a lot of people look at IT consulting services as, as more of a, a sales company, but I actually see it as more of a consulting-centric business because my job is to to enable and 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 spur and grow consultants to continually be better. And so my tip is is really just to uh, to to serve your people and and to continue continue to make them better. Uh, always be willing to to do a task that you're willing to ask them to do. And and the net result is that uh, they always uh, tend to volunteer, uh, knowing that you're putting in just as much effort or more than they are. Maybe in that. In that same line, uh, have you guys developed an exit strategy? I know you're not ready to retire. You, you look too young. <laughs> uh, you know, sadly enough, there's probably one thing I have not done. I have not. I've got a, uh, a strategy in case uh, I step in front of a bus and get killed. Uh, I've got uh, uh, an insurance plan that, that uh, pays the company and allows the rest of the company to buy out whoever my uh, my uh, uh, um, heirs are. But there's there's no uh, formal exit strategy if I'm if I'm not hit by that bus, <laughs> so maybe I should be doing that. I've, I've heard it said before that uh, the that smart people uh, create an exit plan uh, on their way in, mm -hmm. and, and that kind of tells you maybe I'm just not smart enough to do that. But I haven't done it yet. Well, that or you have to work to about 85, <laughs> uh, like uh, our friend Tom over at uh, Syncom. So yeah, yeah, so. That's okay. Uh, it seems to work for him. His company seems to be growing radically. 
Tell me about the internet strategy that a technology company has to grow a business. Are you using one? The internet strategy, uh, as far yeah. as is uh, having a website. Okay, we 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 do we definitely use it. Um, you, you know, we we have a website. We have uh, a number of people that that tweet for us. Uh, we have uh, a number of people that that um, attach to our website that write blogs for us. Mm-hmm. Uh, these are all of our consultants. Um, so the, the combination of the tweets and the, the keeping fresh, uh, uh, what I'll call valuable content blogs mm-hmm. uh, attached to us and, and coming from us, uh, as well as um, just sort of a, some of our basic philosophies on the internet. Uh, I'm not much of a uh, build it and they will come believer, but I but I am a believer that if you consistently put out uh, good information. That, uh, that people will stop and take a look. So you have one of your consultants who's in charge of your internet efforts. Really, it's a we do it as a group, uh-huh. and it, it, it ties back into the, that management compensation. Those points that I mentioned that I bring it up occasionally, and people will people will volunteer to write. You know, different people will volunteer to write blogs, and different people will you know, volunteer to, to update. Our website. Mm-hmm. You have a search engine optimization strategy. We we do. I I wanted I wanted our one of our our people to know how to because that's a, that's a so yes to answer your previous question we do uh, we uh, knowing how to optimize a search engine is something that we as a company should know how to do. So I had one guy go do all the research and then did a presentation at one of our staff meetings on everything that he did to optimize our site and, and the types of things that we would do on any site. Mm-hmm. Um, for our customers to optimize their, their search engines. Okay. Optimize them for search engines. What is the most interesting project that you've been involved with in the last couple of years that people will be interested in understanding how you did it? That's an interesting question. Maybe maybe it means the most unusual project. Okay. There, there, there have been a number of those. <laughs> we, we did some work for uh, a company that uh, what they do is they make their money providing uh, telephone services for prisons. And uh, so what that means is that... Uh, like payphone services for prisons? Well, yeah, except that it, it, it goes a lot farther than payphones. You know, instead of having the, the, the prison system own and manage that system, what you do is own and manage it as a, as a third party yourself. And then, and then you provide them some kickback so that they've got some legitimate accounting reason to turn that over to you. So you provide... Uh, what they, well, I shouldn't say you, what they were doing, they were providing payphones. They're providing, uh, 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 phone cards with, you know, the, the, the what I call throwaway phones, mm-hmm. uh, or burner phones, whatever you want to call them. Uh, they provide, um, uh, you know, systems where you just, you, you have a lot of number of minutes already. But, but anyway, they, they had about four or five different methods for selling telephone services. To the the inmates, so to speak, mm-hmm. and 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 what they were giving back to the, the, the prison management was, you know, there, there's a you know, there's a fee for all this for the, the people to buy the, the cards or the the, the the minutes and that kind of thing, and, and then uh, what the the management was getting back from it is that if, if there's any if they, all conversations are totally recorded and these guys no longer have regular civilian rights, so everything is allowed to be uh, recorded, so they can provide. All the anything recorded that needs to be recorded, uh, and they can um, provide a you know a, a financial kickback which goes into the, the books of the prison, not just of the warden. But mm-hmm. but uh, uh, that was a joke, by the way. Uh, uh, the warden doesn't get any. It goes back into the, the, the accounting system of the prison, so that they've got a good financial reason for, for turning it over to someone. It costs them less in the long run if mm-hmm. they do turn it over. Uh, that was the state of Ohio. Well, the the company uh, has um, they do this all over the country, uh, not just Ohio. They do it in Kentucky. They do it uh, in many um, in many states mm-hmm. across the country, and, and that was their business. It was very interesting because what our job was was they provided all the, the telephone technology, and our job was to uh, capture all the transactions coming in. And, and put it into something that was valuable for their accounting system so that they could send reports to the various prisons, reports to you know their own accounting departments, and, and, and that kind of thing. So that was very interesting. Mm-hmm. That's very unusual. It, it, <laughs> indeed, it was very unusual because it's the one case where you feel kind of bad. You know, these guys are in there, and you're, you're, you're capturing all their stuff, but then, then you find out, you know, 
Occasionally, these people, you know, they start making plans over the phone to do something that they shouldn't be doing. You think, well, okay, there's a reason for this. <laughs> so, it does make some sense. Right. Right. So, the, uh, recently we've, we've heard about the security agencies collecting tons of metadata. Right. Do you think this is uh, a good idea or a bad idea? Well, um, the the security agencies are, are doing it on their own citizens, and, and so there's always a question there. Um, you know, is it is it really? Are you really just filtering it to to find um, to find you know people that would be doing something that's that's otherwise uh, harmful, or are you are you just trying to find out what's going on? Nobody likes the idea of Big Brother, mm-hmm. but then nobody likes the idea of being being blown up either. So there, there's, there's, we really have to find a middle ground. Yeah, you're, it's, it's a tough situation. Yeah, it seems like it's uh, the new reality that, that we have to deal with. Right. That hasn't been dealt with before. Right. And and, and there's so much, uh, there's so much that you can do outside of basic systems. You know, you don't just go to a, a payphone anymore and make a phone call. It goes through somebody's system and, you, and it gets, mm-hmm. can get recorded there. I mean, everybody's got a cell phone and they're on all these different carriers, and so it's. It's a, it's a task for them to capture all, capture all that. It's, it's huge. It's, uh, and tremendous amounts of data if you start talking about capturing the content of the calls as opposed right. to just the data of what day and time the cell tower you were calling from and to right. how long you were on the phone. Right. And, and, and then there, you, you, I, I think at one point you probably have to take a look at how much of that is, is worth your effort. And that's certainly all way outside of uh, my field, what we do. But, The effort just seems to be astronomical. Good. Patrick, I want to thank you for being with us here on the show today. And I'm going to be giving you a copy of uh, one of the newer Sandler books, The 49 Sandler Rules. Okay, thank you. Okay, by Dave Matson, our current CEO and and owner of Sandler. In there, you're going to find a free training pass for a class as well as a Sandler calendar for the next couple of months of the classes that we put on here. And a million dollars that we help every woman. Well, a million dollars will come in handy. Good. <laughs> Phil, thanks for being with us today. It'll, it'll all come in handy. Thank you, Mike. I appreciate it. Good. Scott, why don't you take it away? Thanks for listening. This program is the property of Sandler Training by Roth & Associates, Inc. The show may be distributed only with written permission and then only in its entirety. If you have any questions or comments, contact Mike at MikeRoth at RothConsulting.net or call Mike at 513 753 9400.